Hello, protocols, packets, and programs. Since today is the 13th, add the 13th floor to your list of cybersecurity movies. It came out the same year as The Matrix, and both deal as simulations as a stylish menace, born of green fonts off a black screen. The 13th floor was even based on a sci-fi novel from the 60s, which posited the use of simulectronics for marketing research. Of course, neither captured the actual reality of virtual reality like the metaverse. After all, the movies embellished things things like dying while connected and avatars having legs. Which means this week we chat with Josh Grossman about the OWASP ASVS project, what to expect in version 5, and what it's like to run an OWASP project. In the news segment, Loom provides transparency, GitHub requires 2FA, flaws in reference code, notes on a career ladder, and more. Jack in and stay tuned for Application Security Weekly. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. It's the show to learn the latest tools, techniques, and processes necessary to understand DevOps, application security, and cloud security. Your trusted source for the latest application security news. It's time for Application Security Weekly. Your organization is building and updating business-critical web applications faster than ever. And with so much pressure to move fast, you may find yourself making trade-offs between innovation and security. Now you can build fast without sacrificing security with Invicti, the zero-noise application security platform that helps your dev, sec, and ops teams work together to secure every website, web app, and API. With unparalleled accuracy, coverage, and automation, Invicti scales like no other AppSec solution. Invicti, AppSec, with zero noise. Visit securityweekly.com slash Invicti. This is episode 232, recorded March 13th, 2023. I'm your host, Mike Shima. I'm here with John Kinsella. Hello, John. Howdy. I'm uh, fighting off a cold wall and trying not to sneeze on you over the internet. Oh dear. No sneezes, no colds. Hope you're feeling better by the end of the interview because we got some fun stuff to talk about. We're also here with Akira Brand. Akira, what are you fighting off today? Oh, the hordes of darkness and evil, clearly. <laughs> Excellent answer. I should have just known that. That's what you do every week. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Uh, if you're all for listeners, if you're interested in joining some hordes of darkness and evil, join us at an upcoming official cybersecurity summit in a city near you. This series of one-day, invitation-only, executive-level conferences are designed to educate senior cyber professionals at the, on the latest threat landscape. We are pleased to offer our listeners $100 off admission when you register with the code SECWEEK23. Visit securityweekly.com slash cybersecurity summit to learn more and register today. Josh Grossman has worked as a consultant in IT and application security and risk for 15 years now, as well as a software developer. He's currently CTO for Bounce Security, where he helps clients improve and get better value from their AppSec processes and provides specialist AppSec advice. His consultancy work has led him to work, speak, and deliver training, both locally and worldwide, including privately for ISACA and Manicode and publicly for OWASP's global AppSec conferences. In his spare time, he, leads, he co-leads the OWASP ASVS project and is on the OWASP Israel chapter board. Hello, Josh. Thank you for joining us. Hi there. Really great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Uh, well, it's, we want to talk about all the spare time you have, the, the OWASP ASVS <laughs> project. Uh, by no means a small yeah. project, and it's been in version 4 for a few years now, but version 5 is coming. So we do want to find out about version 5, but uh, first, maybe tell us a little bit about the ASVS in general and how you came to, to get involved with it. 
Yeah, so the SVS is, uh, I think, a, a really interesting project. I mean, I'm a little bit biased, but uh, it's certainly, yeah, I think, really, really important for you know, the overall goal of, of securing software. I mean, everyone's heard of the OWASP Top 10. Everyone knows about the OWASP Top 10 Risks project. And you know, that's a great project for building, I guess, awareness about application security issues. But it's sort of a top 10 list. It's sort of 10 items. It's sort of also not 10 items if you dig into it. Um, and it's, you know, it's also sort of bringing problems. It's saying, you know, here, here are 10 things you should worry about. Here are 10 problems you're going to have to figure out how to deal with. Um, I guess the SVS takes a slightly different approach. The SVS is the Application Security Verification Standard. And the idea is that it brings guidance on how to actually do you know, security properly, how to build security into applications, what sort of things you should be dealing with. And the idea is it tries to take a, a comprehensive view of that. It tries to say, okay, well, in this category, here are the requirements you want to build into the application in sort of a positive way. Verify that it's doing this, verify that it's doing that. Um, and again, by having this sort of comprehensive view and having this um, I guess structured sort of as a standard and also having the, uh, you know, the, the positive aspect, I think it's much more, more valuable for developers. But as you say, it is, it is quite large. There are quite a lot of requirements. There are indeed, and it does cover, there's obviously overlap too, if the OWASP top 10 is pointing out the problems that, honestly, the same problems we've had since the beginning of the web, oh, yeah. ASVS is likely pointing out here, as you said, it's a bit more prescriptive, it's a bit more guidance about what should we do about logging, authentication, input validation, and so on. With that said, I, you know, I was joking a little bit about uh, the OWASP top 10 being pretty much the same in spirit for 20 years, you know, we still have cross-site scripting, still have SQL injection. So um, how come the OWASP ASVS hasn't fixed that in version 4? What are you going to fix with version 5 so everything becomes secure <laughs> magically? <laughs> so I guess the biggest the biggest challenge of the ASVS is the size. I mean, there's some, mm. there are some ways in which it's easier to approach it. So it's got three levels whereby you can start off with level 1, which has, you know, it's talking about 100 requirements, but it's, the idea is, okay, you can start with level 1, look at these 100 requirements, <laughs> square those all away and then move on to level two. You know, even, even that's quite a, a, a big a big chunk of, of time, a big investment. Um, so I think one of the key um, goals for version five is to try and improve the usability, try and reduce the overall barrier to entry, and just make it easier for organizations to start using this. I mean, yeah, I think that's, that's a simple answer. It's very large, it's quite hard to use, just you can't just take it and start using it. It's something that you need to work on gradually. And you know, that's what I'm spending quite a lot of my time on as well at the moment, is finding ways to provide advice about, okay, well, how can we focus this for a particular situation or for a particular feature or for a particular organization? How can the organization take this and put it into bite-sized chunks to actually use it? And that's what I've also given a couple of talks about recently, trying to use it to build a sustainable process that's you know, not so large that everyone just falls over in horror every time they see it. <laughs> that, that's interesting because it sounds like a, a major part of the, the the rewrite or revamp, let me just say version update, is focused on maybe the clarity of requirements or the t or how you're giving the guidance as opposed to we just need absolute new, a ton of new and different guidance. Tell us a bit more about that, about how, basically it sounds like part of it is a, or a major part is a communication challenge. Yeah, I think... Maybe this speaks to a, a wider question, but I think often as security people, we may have a inclination to sort of into secure, talking to security jargon or talking things that you know, security people may be very familiar with. But if we really want this to work, if we really want it to actually get picked up and sort of actioned on a regular basis, we need to make sure it's clear to someone who's not necessarily a full-time security person, but rather someone you know, for, 
a developer, someone who's actually working there on the ground, trying to, to build a software and just wants some idea, okay, what do I need to do about this? And I think part of that is about making the requirements themselves slightly more clear, and making them slightly uh, more accessible. I think also part of it is you know, educating organizations about how to use it within their own organization. We don't just say, look, take this, it's this generic document, and that will, you know, that, that's it. It's about taking it, the document, and you know, f we recommend even you know, forking it for your own use, taking your own copy and start making your own specific, um, adding your own specific guidance, making your own specific change of the key. We don't use this technology, so these requirements are never gonna, never gonna be relevant to us, so let's take them out so developers aren't scratching their heads over them. Um, we have specific solutions for these particular requirements, maybe within an organization, okay, we have a library that does this for you. We don't need to get bogged down, well, how do I do this? We can just put, okay, here's a requirement, here's the internal library of how to actually use it um, and how to actually make sure this happens within the application. Um, and so the idea is to use the ASVS as the basis, but also build around it, you know, customization and specific guidance for that particular organization. Yeah, very much. And it, to, to my mind, it sounds like it's much easier to build a secure SDLC program around the ASVS than around the, the top 10. And even to its credit, the OWASP top 10 has said, he, he, in, in the recent version, here's how to build up or think about the OWASP top 10 as the seed of a, of a program. But uh, a lot of people early on, I think, just said, oh, we're top 10 compliant, or we have an OWASP top 10 program. <laughs> and I, I think that, you know, the, the, the project leaders probably are cringing a little bit at that. It's sort of a misunderstanding. What are some ways then from the ASVS perspective to get ahead of that, to say, here's either how to use it within a maturity model I think you've been alluding to, or where does it fit within that, that secure SDLC? So you know, if, I, if, I, if I think about it in terms of OWASP projects, I guess the OWASP top 10 is the project that demonstrates we need you know, secure SDLC, that we need to build security into our processes. It doesn't necessarily say how to do that. It just says, look, this is a problem that needs fixing. So at the, the management level, we need to be thinking about this. Um, there's actually another pro project in OWASP called OpenSAM, uh, the Software Assurance Maturity Model, which it speaks more to about the different sort of security activities you might want to build into an SDLC. So that's quite a good basis of saying, okay, what do we actually want to do? Um, how are we doing right now? How do we want to level up overall activities? And then where the ASVS comes in is saying, well, look, we know we need to think about security at the requirement stage. So we can use ASVS as a basis for, here are some security requirements for this stage. Here are some things we need to consider alongside you know, the performance requirements and the functional requirements and the user interface requirements. Here are some security requirements we can take into account. And then that can continue through latter stages as well. You know, if we're giving specific guidance on how to do something, then developers might be using that during the implementation stage. If, um, if we have, QA that we want to be looking at particular security aspects. And again, they can refer to that and say, well, is this happening? Is that happening? Now, hopefully that's already linked through from, because once we have security requirements, hopefully we now have requirements that QA can test against. But either way, the idea is to use it as a, as a tool, use it as something that can assist with these sort of security activities as we carry on throughout the uh, development process. And, and it is, I've found it a very helpful tool as well for the, the for what it covers. And as I mentioned, like the, the input validation, encoding, logging is another big one that I'll come, keep coming back to. But it also, there, there's also an aspect that, uh, you know, the web is still HTML, HTTP, JavaScript. Are, are there other, you know, as you dive into ASVS or you get feedback, are there particular new areas that you're also pulling into this to, to say, here's the, here, here's the new fun thing. Here's how to design, implement it. Yeah, so we're certainly having some interesting discussions about what needs to be added. I think one big area that we sort of called for some suggestions about is WebAssembly, which seems to be becoming a little bit more widespread, although uh, interestingly, cool. 
WebAssembly seems to be growing outside of the web as well, outside of the browser, um, based on a recent uh, presentation I saw about it. But it does seem to be something that we're going to see more use of, and it'd be nice to have some guidance around that. Um, another big area is the sort of OIDC, OIDC and OAuth space, um, where there is some sort of discussion of that in version 4, but it's not super specific. And we're trying to look at how we can provide some slightly more specific guidance for that whilst not absolutely drowning in the complexity of the overall uh, ecosystem we have there. That's uh, an ongoing discussion as well. So we're certainly trying to make sure we bring in new areas. Ultimately, the idea is we, you know, we know we can only do a big refresh on this project every few years, and therefore it's important as we're gathering, to, gathering together a new version that we're looking ahead and thinking, okay, what's going to be important, not just now, but, but in the future as well. And you know, there are interesting examples in, that in version 4, and like I say, with, we're looking at new areas for version 5 as well. It Part of that is you're talking about you know the, the new areas and much of the, the ASVS is very squarely focused on the developers. Here's what developers do, developer feedback. I, I think you've also gone out and actually, surprise, surprise, talked to developers, presented to developers rather than just talking about the ASVS to, to AppSec folks. Um, you know, tell us more about that. Why would we bother talking to developers about security? <laughs> <laughs> Well, this is, yeah, I mean, this is a realization I came to, and you know, I, I, we spend a lot of time in security talking about security and going to security conferences mm -hmm. and sort of getting very caught up in the, you know, the latest security thing. But you know, especially in, you know, in application security, the developers are sort of where we need to be. The development organizations are where we need to be. Um, and I think that we've sort of gone in a situation where you know, application security is seen as a specialism, it's seen as this group, you know, sometimes it's a person, sometimes it's a team, sometimes it's a, you know, a, a function that's within the organization, but it's sort of seen as a separate thing. And we have to find ways of sort of closing that gap and saying, well, actually, we need to be working within the development organizations. We need to be sitting alongside developers. We need to, you know, be re um, reporting on progress and on, you know, issues not to security leadership but to development leadership and they, they they we have to make them want to actually be interested in this and make them do this i think that for a lot of time i've you know i've seen this in lots of different environments there's this sort of anti-pattern of there's a security team and they come up with a cool idea and they go to development leadership and development leadership are like well that's a really cool idea you, sh you should get right on that you know you should go and do that <laughs> and then they start the security team start going to individual developers and saying oh we'd like you to do this we'd like oh, this is a really example i've seen um security tra training at a relatively mature organization that got some nice interactive uh, developer security training um, and this is exactly what happened. They got to, the, the leadership said, yeah, that sounds great. They started going to individual developers saying, have you done your security training? And they said, well, I've got this on, I've got this to build, and I've got this feature to finish, and I'm you know, in the middle of this sprint, and I've got this task. And you know, it wasn't something that was built into their day. It was something the security team almost expecting they sort of do in their spare time or in, the, in, in their free time that they obviously had copious amounts of during their work day. And you know, it's, it's not, something that's, not something that works. And it's, you know, on the one hand, it's not going to get the security activity is actually done. On the other hand, it's going to get developers resenting the security function as providing them extra work and giving them extra problems. And you know, a, lot of, a lot of what I'm working on at the moment, what I'm thinking about is how can we reduce that workload? How can we make that easier? And how can we sort of merge those two, two things together? So AppSec isn't its own thing on the side, but rather you know, the development organization, the development group makes a decision, OK, we want to build in a secure way. How are we going to do that? What are we going to include? And you know, security activities and security tasks to become another part of the developer's day-to-day -day that's you know, um, planned and allocated in time. You know, if they're going to a sprint meeting and they're getting a bunch of tasks to do during a sprint meeting, you know, one of those tasks is a security task. And it's you know, built into the plan that's part of their workday, and they've got time allocated to do it. 
Um, so I've been going to various developer conferences recently and just generally trying to be more engaged with developers. And I think they're certainly very open to this sort of thing. They're very, you know, they, they want to build things securely, but you know, if we talk about the idea, okay, well, security is everyone's job. Security is not everyone's job. Everyone's job is what their manager says it is. And we have to put it into their job and we have to have it included as part of their job if we want it actually to get taken seriously, if we want it to succeed. I don't think it's going to happen just coming from the side as, as security people. No, indeed. I think, I'm curious, I, I love the fact that you've gone to developer conferences and, and spoken with them. I'm curious, you gave us a little bit of insight on what it takes to have those conversations with developers, where their priorities are, how to, you know, what, what points to hit. But I'm curious to lean into that a bit more and tell us when you give a presentation at a developer conference, how, what, what do you do differently th th from the presentation you might give at the OWASP conference, for example, or just a, an AppSec conference? So I think... I guess to two key aspects. I think the first key aspect is you know, obviously you have to understand that the audience is different, the level, the backgrounds, knowledge is different. Um, not all of them will have, he have heard of OWASP. You know, I sometimes do a mm. quick show of hands at the beginning. Okay, who's heard of OWASP? Who's heard of the ASPS? Who's heard of the OWASP top ten? Just to try and gauge. Okay, well, you know, what's the personas of the people in the room? You can go to an OWASP conference if one's heard of OWASP, but uh, you can't necessarily take that for granted. And you need to make sure that you're, you know, when you're talking about terminology, you're making it clear to them. So I think that's the first aspect of making sure it's. It's at their level of knowledge and it's focused on you know, making sure they understand the concepts you're talking about. I think the other part is you need to be very careful about how you talk about things and how you talk about you know, what you want to happen or what you want them to do because you have to appreciate, well, you know, this, we need to meet them where they are. We need to be able to put this into their overall, what they're used to, their overall day-to-day. -day. We can't start saying, well, you need to start doing this task and you start doing that task and you know, why, why aren't you using this resource or that resource? Because you have to be very... Um, open to the fact that you know, this is going to be both new to them and something that is going to have to fit into you know, their overall worldview. I think it's a little bit, it's sort of different approach and it has to be a very sort of collaborative and engaging approach and saying, look, I'm, I'm not trying to bring you problems, I'm not trying to bring you extra work, I'm not trying to bring you stress, I'm trying to, I'm trying to help you, I'm trying to bring this to as a way that, in a way that makes it easier for you. Um, again, you know, another, another classic anti-pattern is sort of the you know, the the antagonist security person, you know, the Department of No, and it's about you know completely shedding that image and being very, very, very open. And I think that you know we have that. I think that's you know the Department of No, a stereotype. I think is quite well known. But I think you know not not becoming you know not being the Department of No is is almost not enough. You have to be extra engaging. You have to be extra involved with them, and then, you know reaching out to them more proactively. They have to be excited to see you. They have to be happy to see you. And I think that's that's quite a challenge, especially. Uh, some uh, security, security people tend to be a little bit cynical, but I think it's it's vital to sort of get that positive engagement going. Josh, I have a question for you. Uh, you pointed to earlier that developers' work is not necessarily what the developer wants to do, it's what the manager tells them to do. So how do you get engineering managers on your side when you are trying to get developers to do security? So... I think the key thing is you have to start with the engineering managers. You can't start with the developers. And I think you know, this is sometimes I think I mean, maybe it's a terminology thing, or maybe it's just the way I talk about it. But you know, ultimately, this has to start at the top. This has to be a decision that's made at the senior levels of engineering to say, look, if we want, you know, we we, we would like this activity to happen, but this activity needs to become. You, know, you need to be able to take responsibility for this activity and include it in your day to day. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I'm working with the organisation at the moment. We're looking at. Um, the, the Racky matrix, you know, responsible, accountable, consulted, um, informed, and 
I'm sort of saying to them, look, you know, we've, we've got this, this, this Racky matrix. Security sits in the sea. Security sits as consulted. If we want this to happen, then the engineering has to be both accountable and responsible for actually doing it on the ground. And security has to find a way of making that easier and providing them with the resources and you know, helping them along with it and potentially you know, holding their hands on the initial stages. But if we really want it to be bedded in, if we really want it to be sustainable, then you know, engineering management has to say, okay, this is now becoming part of our standard process. You know, and, and I think I think, think engineering organizations are, you know, I don't think this is a thing that's foreign to our engineering organizations. You know, very frequently they'll have specific processes around software development. They'll have you know, their agile processes, they'll have their scrum meetings, they'll have their design meetings, they'll have their uh, release meetings, depending on the type of organization. You know, these are, you know, they're used to having specific processes and you know, some form of, some element of formality in place. In place. It's just fi figuring out, okay, what, how's that gonna, you know, security has to figure out how's that gonna work in this case, but then engineering have to take responsibility for actually saying, look, we're gonna pick this up and we're gonna run with it and we're gonna use it. Yeah, and I greatly appreciate you pointing out that the C is for consulted, not cynical. And uh, <laughs> AppSec is part of the the, the Reiki, Reiki matrix. Uh, yeah. and, and as you pointed out too, it needs to have active participation. That you you can't passively just sit back and say, "Well, come to me when you have a problem," or you know, uh, "I'm going to wait until something you know some breach happens, then I'll come out with the I told you so, and we'll take advantage of that and instill a whole bunch of new processes." Kind of shifting a bit, though, um, into that that management theme. However, you're managing a project like ASVS. You're you know co-lead curating this project. What's it like to wrangle? Speaking of uh, infosec uh, groups, who are perhaps cynical, uh, they also might have uh, highly opinionated or uh, strongly held opinions. How do you wrangle some of that into building on a new version of the the ASVS? Yeah, I mean, it's certainly it's an interesting challenge there. Um, we've got five co-leaders of the project, all from sort of different backgrounds, very much geographically spread as well, sort of different perspectives. And you know, we generally manage to come to some sort of um, conclusion, some sort of agreement, but uh, you know, we don't just want it to be us. And we take a lot of feedback from GitHub issues and feedback that comes directly to us. And you know, there's, there's a, a lot of input that comes in that way. It's about trying to balance between the different perspectives and then figure out, okay, well, how do we, What's going to work best for us? What's going to work best for the overall um, you know, user base of, of this standard? And certainly, I think trying to you know, encourage that input is vital because you know, we, we obviously see certain aspects. We see certain perspectives. We want to see a wide variety of perspectives as well. But there's certainly a lot of effort involved in actually bringing that to some sort of um, conclusion, bringing that to some sort of um, consensus. And I think it's and it's it's a challenge. It's a lot of work. This is why we can only do this every few years, and this is why when we do want to do it. It's a lot of work. You know, we're, we're not necessarily at the rewrite stage yet. At the moment, we're still at the stage of going through hundreds of GitHub issues to uh, figure out, okay, well, you know, where are we on certain points? Where are we on certain requirements? And you know, in some ways, that's half half the battle. I spent some time a month or so ago working down the GitHub issues. I think I got it to 100. I think last time I checked, they're now 130 again because <laughs> yeah, it's great to get the input. We need that input, and that only makes the standard better. But it's it's certainly it's certainly time consuming. Um, and I think that sort of speeds into sort of overall discussions that are happening in OWASP at the moment about um, sort of how OWASP is you know, maintains itself. How OWASP is sustainable. It's certainly you know, compared to other industry groups, it's relatively you know, it's a relatively low, low budget and relatively you know, low finance available in order to actually push this sort of thing along. And uh, there's a lot of discussions at the moment thinking about how we can actually you know, increase that budget, how we can get more support from the organizations that are using these projects and the benefits in these projects in order to make sure that we 
keep these projects going and that we can keep them sustainable. And, you know, some projects are, are well funded and have, are well supported, um, others less so. I mean, certainly ASVS doesn't have a uh, an official supporter or an official uh, um, you know, main sponsor. It's certainly got you know, you know, our organisations, some organisations let us spend some time on organisational time to work on it. And uh, we have had some support here and there, but uh, it's it's a challenge. It's something that all of our WASP is looking at at the moment. And uh, I think ASVS is part of that as well. Yeah, indeed. And we'll, we'll, I want to come back to the idea of what the community can do to help and collaborate and contribute. But let's touch on that perhaps, you know, third rail, the the, the, the fun topic of, of OWASP for a moment, mm. about what is, you know, ASVS is a well-known project. I'm not sure if it officially counts as flagship or not. Um, that's just my ignorance. I forgot to check. Um, but, you know, what would be the type of thing that would help you from, from OWASP or help you from that organizational support to manage a project like this? Sort of what's a, what's a good future that you would see from, from the, from the um, org? I think that there's a very there's, there's there's tension between the idea of OWASP historically being a volunteer-led organisation, um, but also the level of reliance that's now placed on OWASP. I mean, OWASP top ten is considered a, a de facto standard. I hate using the word standard at OWASP top ten, but ultimately it's, mm-hmm. it's mentioned in all sorts of contexts. Um, we're certainly seeing more use of ASVS, all sorts of other, other use of OWASP in, in a semi-commercial sense, and. I think OWASP has to find ways of trying to bring that you know, back to the actual organization and bring more more funds into the organization from these corporations who are using it, from the organizations that are using it, while still making it accessible to the you know the individual people and the end users. Um, but also not being in a situation where um, OWASP is being controlled by the, the corporations. You know, there's discussion about, well, you know, there, there are other organizations where um, you, know, you can effectively, you know, the highest paid, high, highest level of sponsorship gets them a board seat and gets them um, control over the direction of the organization. I think that's that's something that's certainly not been the case in the past in the OWASP and could potentially be a, a, a tricky thing to balance with the overall community aspect. So uh, I, uh, there have been lots of lots of opinions aired about it at the moment and I don't necessarily have an answer at the moment. I'm, so, I'm sort of in the middle of it, but uh, I still need to figure out exactly you know, what, what I think about it and where it comes down. But I think the overall goal needs to be to bring more of that support in. It's just a question of how. Indeed. And it's great to hear your feedback, your insights on that as someone who's very directly working on one of these projects that would be impacted and doesn't and doesn't have that similar funding. I'll, I'll mention, for example, OpenSSF. You know, they clearly have lots of funding to put into security-minded efforts. Now, perhaps some of them are more focused on uh, call it applied security in the sense of code reviews, et cetera, rather than setting up an ASVS. But clearly, ASVS looks like something profitable in the sense of improving security to, to lean into, especially when you're taking it to developers, the audience that actually needs to, to hear this. Uh, so speaking of those audiences, what can AppSec folks do to contribute? So look at the other side of the coin. There's a, what, 100, 130 issues at least to help triage. There's got to be more than just uh, reading uh, PRs as well, right? Yeah, so we've got... Um... You know, we, we certainly do want feedback on issues. We do want people to, to provide their opinions. You know, certain issues where we've specifically set out community wanted because we want you know people to actually feed in and give their opinions on certain issues to help us decide you know which way to go on a particular requirement or how to address a particular requirement. Um, and that, you know that, that that's really important. There will also come a time once we've got a little bit further down the road where we've got a an early draft of the version 5.0, we'll also be looking for people to go through that and provide feedback on the early draft and provide review. 
um, that's certainly a, a a big area where yeah people can actually take part and help out. There are also other sort of minor points around some of the way the the, the doc documents are generated and some of the automation that maybe we could do with some help with as well. Uh, if people sort of don't fancy working on documents, but they do fancy writing a little bit of code or GitHub Actions, that could possibly help as well. Um, but yes, yeah, so the place to start is, is the GitHub repository or the, uh, the ASVS channel in Slack. That's a, a great place to, to find out I think, you know, what we're currently talking about, what we're currently interested in. One thing I'm thinking about, Josh, um, and uh, Mike, Mike sort of got my brain going when he mentioned OpenSSF here. It's another project I'm working on. Um, you know, thinking about open source that you're just talking about, you know, I think when we've talked about ASVS in the past and even now today, most of the time we're talking about you know, professional software developers using this, like to, to in the result of a, a commercial product. Do you think at all about how do you other how would other open source projects go about using something like this? Um, and from the, the standpoint and coming from like one thing is I'm working with CNCF is how do we get all these projects which are coming through CNCF to actually have some form of security structure to them? Do we go out to all the sandbox projects? And I'm wondering like, is this something you've thought about? Like how do you know there's very few security folks in open source on the project side. Is this a tool that they could use or have you seen someone use something like this? So I guess the biggest challenge with ASPS, which I guess yeah, is, is size and part of that then contributes to the actual hacking. How do we check this? How do we verify this? How do we make sure this is the case? And, you know, certain requirements are a little bit more straightforward yeah. to automate, a little bit straightforward, more straightforward to say, okay, is this happening? Is this not happening? But a lot of it does require some, some manual involvement. Um, and that's sort of tricky. That's a, that's a, a tricky nut to crack because a lot of a lot of the requirements do need some sort of manual thought about them. They do need to say, okay, well, how how, how have they actually implemented this? Have they done this in, in an, an appropriate way? You know, if you're checking a security header, for example, that's very straightforward. You can see the okay, this web app returns a security header. We can check for that in an automated way. Job done. But if it's well, have you implemented access control? Um, in an appropriate way, then that's a whole sort of kettle of fish that might require you to, you know, potentially you can look at that from actually browsing the application, but you might need to look at the code as well. Like it's it's sort of difficult to streamline, difficult to automate. And I think that, you know, certainly a lot of the, you know, the requirements are ultimately not specific to a particular industry or specific to a particular, particular type of software. I think they're certainly usable um, by open source developers, but it's a question of, well, you know, who, who's actually going to do that and how's that, how's that going to happen? You know, the guidance is there. It's a question of actually thinking, well, how are we going to use this on the ground? Um, and certainly for open source, that might be a challenge in the same way that you know, you're getting any time to work on anything in open source is, is, a, is a challenge in that you know, someone needs to take the time to look at this. Yeah, along those lines, I'm curious, you know, how does an org, whether open source group or not, how would they demonstrate we followed the ASVS? And part of why I'm asking is that you could go in with pen testing and say, we didn't find anything. So, you know, an ideal pen test report is an empty piece of paper in a way in terms of just uh, what you didn't find. But that's also not necessarily helpful because you also have to say, well, did you test for everything? Did you test for this part of the ASVS? Did you test for this? How did you test? Was it interesting? And I don't think the ASVS, in fact, is set up as focused on pen testing, which I think is good. There are other OWASP testing guides, et cetera. So, I'm an engineering manager or I'm an open source team, how do I say, yeah, we followed the ASVS standard. Here's our, here's our little badge. How do I get my little badge on my, my GitHub repo? So I think for the, okay, so in terms of you know, using it for penetration testing, it's not set out in like how you do a test, you know, physically what buttons do you click, right. you know, the actual process, but I think it certainly is usable in terms of ideas, okay, what do I want to check? What do I want to verify in a penetration test? So level one of the ASVS is intended to be um, almost 
entirely testable using penetration testing techniques. You know, someone who's coming from the outside and testing the application, um, like a you know like a regular user would use the application without in the, without necessary inside knowledge. Mm -hmm. So I think it can be useful from that way. But I think the problem is we don't necessarily see penetration testing organizations using it. Certainly not not on the face of the report. So I think it'd be nice to see more testing organizations actually look going through and saying, well, this is what we checked, these requirements there are okay, these requirements there are issues. And uh, certainly we're seeing initiatives to actually try and move that along, um, most notably from uh, Crest and their new OVS um, program, which looks at trying to deliver penetration tests, but with a sort of basis around the SVS. And also Google are looking at this for their the uh, Application Defense Alliance project, um, which they are a part of. and. Uh, they're using ASVS as the basis for some of the security testing around uh, web-based applications. Um, and so, you know, th those are two examples where organizations are trying to get to, to take the ASVS and use it, you know, as it says, as a verification standard, as a way of saying, look, we've, we're testing basing on, on this. We're not just sort of using some sort of nebulous pen testing methodology, we're actually basing specifically on that. Um, and I think that, you know, organizations can Potent, you know, development organizations, engineering teams can potentially try and self-certify is quite a lot of work because they, you know, they do need to go through it, they need to understand it, need to figure out how to do that. Um, but I think we're certainly seeing more movement in the the idea that some, the organization can come in, testing organization can come can come in and check you specifically against ASVS and they feel you've got more comfort. Okay, I've not just gone through a pen test, I've actually been through some sort of test which verified me against these ASVS requirements. So I can demonstrate, okay, well, here I'm okay, here I'm less okay, but I'm working on it. and have a slightly more comparable perspective. Something you can actually take and show, look, here's how we're doing right now, here's how we're doing previously, and you know, it's something a little bit less nebulous than here's a piece of paper with a bunch of issues that might or might not be complete from a pen test company. No, yeah, thank you for that. And I definitely the, the OVS and uh, even the App Defense Alliance, those were definitely areas newer to me um, that uh, time to dive into and learn some more of. I'm curious too, it's learning as we, um, Speaking of learning, the, the ASVS, you know, working on number, you know, uh, version five coming out. Is there a particular section that you are you find most interesting? And interesting can be defined how you like it, in the sense of it's hard to do, it's complex, or it's a, it's an area where the, you see lots of risk and most mistakes. You know, if someone had to pick one of the ASVS sections, what would that be? Um, <laughs> it's funny. I think that. I mean, on, the, on the one hand, I sort of like the ASVS sections are a little bit more specific, a little bit more niche and sort of problems that people don't necessarily always think about but can still cause problems. So, for example, there's requirements talking about um, picking up on activities which are technically the user is allowed to do, but maybe not at the volume that they're doing it. So, for example, you've got a requirement that says, oh, well, um, you know, if, you've, if you've got a, let's say, a call center system, and I don't know, so let's say it's a bank's call center, and they're expected to look at, I don't know, 10 customers an hour or something like that, and they, you know, they've got customers calling up and looking at their data, yeah, they're allowed to look at customer data as part of their job. And if they're looking at 10 customers an hour, then that's probably expected. If they're looking at 1,000, 2,000, 3,000 customers an hour, that probably means something untoward is going on. And they've not technically broken any access controls there because they're technically allowed to do it. But it, you know, this is a sort of level of detail that ASPS can, can get into. It's like more subtle issues that can still be quite significant. So I think those type of issues are quite like the idea that we can sort of pick up on some of the edge cases. But to me, you know, the, to me, the most exciting prospect for 5.0, the most, you know, the, the, the biggest thing is really, you know, not a specific section. It's just about making it overall easier to use, to be, you know, making it something that can more easily take development teams and more easily show to development teams, and you know, the developers can themselves access and feel more confident using. And to me, that's the, you know, that's the big goal. We've we've publicly stated that our main aim for version five is usability. And to me, that's really really important to actually um, you know, bring 
the standard into development teams and get them using it and get it more wi widely used in the industry. So one of the ways to improve usability and for people that are curious would be hearing you talk about it. Uh, what are some developer or AppSec conferences coming up that uh, people you, you would like to highlight or that people can come learn more about the ASVS? Um, so on ASVS, um, I've got a talk at QCon coming up in London in a couple of weeks' time now. That's uh, late March in London, so that should be good fun. And that's, that's a talk more about building the ASVS in. You know, QCon is more of a developer conference, so it's more about, okay, well, how do we actually take this and make it usable, make it practical? Um, so that should be an interesting talk. Um, I think I'm also speaking, uh, doing a virtual talk for the OWASP Netherlands chapter where I'll be talking a little bit more about version 5 and talking a little bit about uh, the overall plans and some of this verification side as well, just to um, give a little bit more information about you know, where we are and the di direction that we're going in. Um, you know, ultimately, you know, for me, ASPS is about bringing security to, to developers, and that's the, you know, that's the that's the big the big goal for me. How we can make things easier for developers, and how we can make things um, you know, make them feel more at home with it, and how we can get them integrating into their their overall processes. Like I say, you know, we don't we don't want security to live with the security team. We want application security to live with the development teams. And and ASVS is a way to, to to make that happen. So we love that. As we're wrapping up here, uh, five has been kind of the, the theme number of the day, but we also always ask our guests to describe AppSec in three words. And uh, as someone who's been working with the ASVS in particular, I'm very curious what uh, your, your, your answer to that is. So to me, when I think of AppSec in three words, it's, and, you know, I've probably mentioned this already, yeah, development buy-in. Yeah, we need that to be within development teams, we need to be adopted by development teams. We can't just make this cool stuff that we think ourselves is really good if no one's going to use it and no one's going to take it up. Um, and yeah, that's very much my focus based on you know, ASPS and other work I'm doing at the moment around uh, you know, application security tools, which is also a massive area. If we talk about um, pen, you know, five, 10 years ago, you said, okay, have you got an application security program? People will say, oh yeah, we do pen testing, we do application pen testing and you know, few more years ago, you say, have you got an application security program? They go, yeah, we've got SAS, we've got DAS, we've got this tool, we've got that tool. We've, uh, you know, we're running this in our CICD. And you know, that, that's, I think that's part of the reason why developers may be a little bit frustrated with the security and why I think we need that effort to actually go to them because they've now seen the security as these tools which generally will give them a headache, will generally spit out a load of sort of nasty, complicated results if they've not got them tuned properly, if they've not got those tools that actually um, configured in a way that developers can use them effectively and that, you know, that they'll, again, build into their processes and work with their processes. I think it's another another classic coming at the side offense where developers say, you know, you, can, you come, the AppSec person comes to the development person and says, oh, I've got this like thousand finding SAS report. Do you find, you know, you, could you just go through it and just like uh, get this sorted out by the end of the week, please? And yes, yeah, it's, it's another classic area of bringing this process that doesn't work for developers and just gives them a headache and makes them not like security. <laughs> Well, I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure how many of those we could sort out just by the end of this week. Even looking at the ASVS, because that's complicated <laughs> enough as well. But yeah. uh, you definitely sorted this out on lots of wonderful aspects and perspectives of talking to developers. Is I, I just keep coming to that because I love that as a theme, and I think that's something we don't talk about as much within AppSec circles. So, so thank you for uh, bringing that perspective as well as the ASVS to us, Josh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really glad to talk about it. And certainly I'm really keen for people to get in touch and talk about the SVS. And uh, you know, I do training privately on the SVS because I think it's you know, a really interesting area. And I think it's a really you know, high value area that can really help organizations structure how they look at security. Um, and I also do training on tool about tools as well. And I think that's another area where I think there's a lot of, a lot of um, 
a lot of value to be had, a lot of value to be, get, to be found in these processes that don't necessarily come with the tool installation. You don't press next, next, next finish on the tool and suddenly get this value. I think you have to have some bit more understanding about how to actually get that value out. So uh, you know, those, are, those are my two passion areas at the moment, ASVS and uh, AppSafe scanning tools. Um, and yeah, hoping to take the AppSafe scanning tools um, training that I've got on that to Black Hat as well, which is really exciting. Um, ah, wonderful. Yeah. So yet another chance to uh, go, go to Black Hat and uh, attend some of Josh's training. We'll make sure we have a lot of links in the show notes so you can find uh, find out what Josh has been working on as well as uh, presentations. So uh, if you have some opinions on ASVS, if you have some time to help, go help out Josh. If you want to hear more from him, definitely attend one of his trainings or one of his presentations. So I want to say thanks once again, Josh. I want to say thank you to John and Akira. Thank you to all of our listeners. We're going to take a quick break now and return with news of the week. Thanks everyone, great chat to see you.